You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you're a 415-er, 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast. As always, on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. That is Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. We're coming at you two times a week here on the Odyssey app, as well as the 95.7 The Game YouTube channel. Please download, rate, and subscribe to both. We're going to be getting into, uh, Mark, some, some conversation about you know some, some future discussions, the age of the 49ers, uh, the age of one of their particular players and star-studded players, George Kittle. We're also going to take a look at I don't know, maybe what they might need to address, whether it's now or later as it pertains to the trade market. Uh, before we get into all of that here on this, as we're recording it Wednesday, but Thursday episode for those of you listening. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, it feels like the beginning of a week because uh, I hope most of yeah. you all uh, listening had Tuesday, the 4th of July off. I know you and I did, which was a very nice uh thing to happen in the middle of a week but it feels like a monday so this feels like the first episode of the week kind of um but regardless excited looking forward to another episode yeah we're doing two episodes a week in the off season we're starting to get kind of close to when we'll ramp up to three episodes per week when the season actually begins i know we're still a couple of months away but i'm looking forward to that as well training camps what three weeks away now just about which is really exciting as well um, so I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. You got a nice reprieve from the 4th of July, but we're back to the, back to the grind now. And I'm looking forward to it. How are you, Evan? I'm good. No, I think that's a good way to put it is it feels like the beginning of a week, but it's a short week. And so I hope everyone out there that is listening, whether you got the days off, I know a few of my friends also like us, Mark had to work on Monday. So yeah. it's sort of a three and four abbreviated <laughs> half week. Uh, but then again, I was at work today and was kind of, you know, looking around sports content might be a little light at this time, but never, of course, on the 415ers. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, gosh, you know, what are we going to come up with on Tuesday? And then I looked up and I realized, well, tomorrow is actually Thursday. So <laughs> the end of the week is near, but the content continues to pour in. And, and Mark, where we wanted to start today was a conversation about George Kittle, because uh, Trey Lance made a bit of news. He sat down with NBC Sports Bay Area to discuss his experience at Titan University, which is kind of a, a new um, program put together by George Kittle, along with Travis Kelsey and Greg Olson, all three famed tight ends. And it's just a three-day event. People are able to go out, learn about the position, work on their skills, yada, yada. But Trey Lance made an appearance there for the 49ers this year, was doing a lot of media content. And... Amidst many interviews, as well as uh, statements that he was involved in, kind of 
discuss George Kittle as maybe one of the more difficult 49ers to pass the ball to. I think the quote was uh, probably one of the toughest guys I've had to throw to. And so I thought it'd be kind of a cool jumping off point. Like, do you think that George Kittle is first uh, the most difficult 49er to, to throw the ball to? Do you take Trey Lance at his word? Well, I'm, I'm just trying to dig through this comment because I, at first glance, I don't know if this is, I mean, I, I know that Trey Lance meant it as a compliment. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was a shot. Like a hundred percent. He meant it as a compliment. And if you, if you listen to a little bit more of it, he said his explosiveness and speed and everything, just his ability to make plays is probably one of the toughest guys I've had to throw to. So he 100% meant that as a compliment. But when you think about it, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the guys that are explosive and quick, they get away from their opponents. They're great route runners. They give you space to throw it to. It feels like those should be the guys that are easier to throw to. But maybe George Kittle just so much on a different level. He's a, a level of quickness and speed and physical <laughs> physicality that Trey Lance is just never experienced that it takes some getting used to. I don't know. Uh, but but for me, even before I can dig into what this means about, about George Kittle, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell this actually means just in general. Is this a good thing? Is this, a, do you want to be difficult to throw to? Because I think logic says, no, if you're a, you're a receiver, you're a tight end, you're a running back that's catching passes. You want to make your quarterback's job as easy as possible. And I mean, all of the best receivers in the game, I feel like they get compliments from their quarterbacks saying, well, you know, he just makes it, uh, you know, easy for me. He's always open. He creates so much separation. I can put it in just a, you know, a an eight foot radius. This guy's got a wingspan like Yao Ming. He can grab anything. Like, I feel like that's generally the compliments that you get from your quarterbacks. Uh, again, I I guarantee this was meant as a compliment from Trey Lance, but it kind of comes across as, yeah, I don't know. If you really were an elite, you know, ball catcher, receiver, tight end, like, I feel like you might make it easier on your quarterback. Yeah, I don't think this was intended to be divisive, but the way that the headlines <laughs> have been aggregated, Mark, it absolutely comes off of that. And, and yeah, maybe that's the point, but I think it's more of, um, and, and like you mentioned, I mean, Trey Lance is completely complimentary when he throws this, this line in there. It's because George Kittle is so explosive and speedy and, you know, very unique as a tight end, which are all things I believe him to be true. Uh, I, I kind of take it more as uh, Trey Lance hasn't played with a lot of talent in his life. Um, you know, you're playing at the FCS level. I've had a chance to, to see North Dakota state. They're a machine, but of course in the, overall scheme of NCAA football, yes, there is a reason why they're at the <laughs> FCS level. So, yes, he's never had a chance to throw to someone like George Kittle or anybody that has played for the tight end U. Because let's be honest, Mark, I think this idea is pretty cool and where it's based in, which is tight end university. George Kittle is one of the main proponents of it. It was started in 2021, and they take the name essentially from what they do still and have always kind of called Iowa University because you're getting the big boys from there. You got George Kittle, uh, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson also mm -hmm. into Iowa, as well as a, a variety of other, you know, quality tight ends. But a lot of guys seem to come from there. And so that's where the nickname comes from. And then I believe originally the idea of it was a response to kind of these different uh, positional summits that have been started in the last five to 10 years. There was a I forget which one came first, but there's a pass rushing summit, which is spearheaded by Von Miller. 
and an offensive line summit, which is spearheaded by Lane Johnson. And I forget which was a response to the other, but I'm pretty sure other people saw, you know, the, the guys that they're going up against every single week saying, well, that they're all getting together. They're putting their heads together. They're trying to get better. We should do the same. And then George Kittle, along with Travis Kelsey, and then Greg Olson, who's now retired, said we should kind of get the idea brewing for the tight end. So I think it's really cool that they're all doing this. Uh, but to me, I, I don't see it as a whole negative towards Kittle. Um, the one thing that maybe I guess you could point to, Mark, is the fact that when Brock Purdy was throwing George Kittle the ball, he didn't look very difficult to throw to. In fact, he actually has caught more touchdowns per game with Brock Purdy than any other quarterback in 49ers uh, history that he's had a chance to play with. So I don't know. Maybe you read more into that than the actual uniqueness of what Trey Lance was there to quote unquote cover. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the other thing that I was thinking of was, well, okay, let's think about the 49ers offense. And maybe, maybe by default, maybe just by what each, you know, receiver, tight end, running back are asked to do, maybe what George Kittle is asked to do just simply results in the most difficult passes. Maybe it's nothing to do with the individual George Kittle. Maybe it's just within the offense. I'm not so sure that, that was. Um, my, where my mind went, but as I thought about it a little bit more, I mean, I think generally Brandon Ayuk maybe would be the difficult, most difficult to throw to in relation to how they're used in the offense. I mean, Ayuk is more of a consistent deep threat, not necessarily a you know a, a burner who's just going to run a streak down the sideline and and you know ask for the ball fifty yards through the air. But I think generally, like average depth of target, it would be Brandon Ayuk, but. Kittle is probably certainly catching the ball deeper down the field than, say, Debo Samuel, who oftentimes does a ton of his work around the line of scrimmage. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is a capable receiver even down the field, but he's going to do the majority of his damage through the passing game close to the line of scrimmage as well. So perhaps just by default, based on the way that this 49ers offense is schemed up, Kittle generally perhaps a little bit more difficult to throw to than Debo Samuel, than Christian McCaffrey. Again, I'm not so sure I'd go as far as saying Brandon Ayuk. I think they're probably relatively complementary. Ayuk and Kittle are in that regard. Um, but maybe it, maybe it's just part of that as well, because where George Kittle is is at his best is generally an area of the field that is a little bit more difficult to get the ball to. So maybe it's just as simple as the the way that the 49ers scheme things up for their offense. Um, but I'm, I'm 100% with you. Uh, Trey Lance was trying his best to be very complimentary, as he always is. He always says the right things. I think he was trying to say the right thing this time. It just came across a little awkwardly. But maybe it's just as simple as as the way the Niners offense works in the first place. Yeah, it's interesting. When I thought of the most difficult 49er to throw the ball to, well, first my mind goes, okay, who's playing closest to the line of scrimmage? So that's probably going to eliminate Christian McCaffrey. At least you'd hope that the closest to the yeah. line of scrimmage passes are the easiest ones to complete. Kittle's a little more down the field. 
Uh, to me, Ayuk with his ability as an as a route runner, at least when I think of where a quarterback has to go with the ball, it's all about timing, right? So if mm-hmm. you're a precise route runner, you're probably going to be in the right place at the right time. And Ayuk also does a great job of creating separation. So I don't necessarily think he'd be that difficult to throw to, even if it's more down the field beyond 10 yards. The first place my mind went to, Mark, was Debo Samuel, because if, if I, I don't know this to be true, but I feel like if there's any positional player on that team that would operate a bit more off script, which is also why I believe him to be so good, because I think Debo Samuel is someone that can turn you know a broken play into a 55-yard touchdown. And that's something that you can't scheme for as a defense. It also might make it difficult to get the ball into his hands when he wants it, because he might be the first or the second read, but he also might not operate on the same offensive script as maybe some of those other players. So for me, when I hear the question of who's the most difficult to throw the ball to, Kittle doesn't necessarily come up. Uh, it actually is someone like Debo. Yeah, no, that, yeah, I mean, I think back on some of like uh, Debo Samuel's more, I don't know, highlight worthy plays. There was the one last season. What was it? Week four. It was after Monday the night. Yeah, the Monday night game. It was the week after the disaster in Denver, which was week three. So week four at home, Monday night. It wasn't, oh, it was a week four game. Obviously not a must win, but it was a really important game. The 49ers had looked terrible for a lot of the season up to that point. Jimmy Garoppolo was kind of facing, you know, the the music once again. Uh, and, and the Niners come out and absolutely dominate the Rams in, in thanks in part because of that incredible Debo Samuel play. I forget exactly. It must have been like a 40-yard touchdown, but it was just a simple throw over the middle. I I shouldn't say simple. I think Jimmy Garoppolo was under pressure, and you're right. It was kind of a broken play, off-script play. He kind of threw it up, and I'm I'm not sure if it was Jalen Ramsey, but there was someone there who easily could have intercepted it. Debo Samuel kind of went up wildly, grabbed it, spun, and then ran, broke a couple of tackles all the way into the end zone. So you're right. Debo Samuel kind of makes a living on broken plays like that as well. Um, So, yeah, maybe on average. And also he's maybe not the greatest route runner on the team. So the odds are there's going to be less separation between him and the defensive back, which in my mind, just logically would make the ball more difficult to get him to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's interesting because those off script things, I feel like you can almost, you can't throw them out, but it, cause it, but it, cause it's just who Debo Samuel is like, that's what he makes his money doing. And to your point, those off script off schedule plays and, and the fact that he isn't as good of a route runner as Brandon Ayuk, and he doesn't really wow you physically until he gets the ball in his hands. And then he's like a, a bull running through five different tacklers all at once. And he, before you know it, he's celebrating into the end zone. So I think he kind of catches you off guard in that regard as well. And I don't know, we're kind of getting off topic here about difficult to throw to, but Debo does kind of surprise you with those sorts of plays. Now, my, my last thing on, on Debo is he seems like the kind of guy that in high school you size up and you're like, <laughs> well, I, I can beat this guy in a race or I can, you know, bench press more than this guy. He doesn't seem like he's, he, he's big and everyone says that he's good at something, but you don't really see it until you get on a lane next to him. And you're like, all right, 
or we're, we're going to run a hundred yards, you and me, <laughs> and we'll just see, you know, I, I think I can beat you in a race or I think I can bench press more than you. And then you actually get on the bench, you get on the track and he just absolutely dusts you. And, and you're like, smoked. wow, I did not know that this guy was that incredible of an athlete. That's to me how he feels kind of just watching him each week yeah. because you're like, he, he's not bigger than any DBs. He's not really faster. And yet he always seems to be burning by guys. And that game speed just shows up. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. And it's a part of the reason I know we'll, we'll talk about it eventually as we get through the rest of the off season. It's part of the reason why I think Debo Samuel is going to have a fantastic season is for that reason. And the fact that he already seems more focused this off season. I know we talked about last month, how he felt like the distractions of last off season kind of hurt him in terms of his ability in season. I feel like that's not going to be an issue this year. And, and for that reason, I think Debo Samuel is going to have not necessarily a, a comeback year, but he's going to remind everyone why he got the contract that he did. I'm with you. 